Good afternoon. Jeff Paul is a graduate of, of the SLIS program. He earned his MLIS in 1976 and began his career as a reference librarian at Chico State University up north before coming to SJSU in 1978. And he's held a variety of positions in the SJSU library, ranging from serving as a reference librarian to becoming a, the head of media services. He's been acting assistant and associate director of access and bibliographic services and head of the library's Cultural Heritage Center. Most notably, Jeff served as the director of the Chicano Library Resources Center for over a quarter century, between 1981 and 2007. Since 1994, Jeff has been a part-time instructor at SJSU, and he's, been, he's taught in the Mexican-American Studies Department, in the MUSE program, as well as here in the School of Library and Information Science. Although he's now formally retired from SJSU, he currently serves as the project manager for the Institute of Museum and Library Services grant-funded project called Librarians for Tomorrow, preparing a new generation of librarians to serve our diverse communities. And his colloquial presentation today will provide an update and overview of SJSU's Library for Librarians for Tomorrow program. On behalf of the faculty, it gives me a great deal of pleasure today to introduce our friend Jeff Paul. Thank you for inviting me to speak today. Uh, I am, as Anthony said, a graduate of the School of Library and Information Science. I graduated from the program about 30 years ago, 30 or more years ago, when the school was located on the sixth floor of Walquist Library North. Some of you might remember that place. You know, gratitude is a good thing, and from that perspective, I would like to begin by thanking a few people that have been instrumental to the Librarians for Tomorrow program. Thank you, members of the Librarians for Tomorrow Advisory Committee, former Associate Dean Mary Somerville, Interim Associate Dean Mary Nino, Gordon Yusko, and I see Ned Himmel here from the San Jose Public Library, Dean Ruth Kiefer, San Jose Public Library Director Jane Light, SLIS Director Ken Haycock, National Hispanic University Library Director Mary Manning. Thanks also to um, Jane Fisher for her outstanding support as advisor to the students in the Librarians for Tomorrow program. And thanks to Lisa Valdez for her work in crafting the grant application. Thanks to Sharon Thompson, who keeps the money going, and to the foundation. And thanks to Vanessa Moffitt for her year one help in um, promotion, publicity, and screening of the applicants. There are a couple of other people here I want to thank, and one is Lorene Sisson, who is the SLIS liaison from the library. And uh, Dale David and Stan Lauffer, I don't see Stan, but Dale is here. I want to thank them for their help with um, Blackboard and Angel. And I also want to thank the mentors who have given so freely of their time to the project, and especially thank in the front row here our outstanding students, some of them anyway. In my presentation, I'll read a few excerpts from a forthcoming book chapter co-authored with Diana Wu and Peggy Cabrera, both of which are mentors for the program. And I'll read a few excerpts from an article by Mary Somerville and Gordon Yusko that was published in Multicultural Review. And some of you may have seen this article. It's nice to see that three of the students from the Librarians for Tomorrow program have been prominently displayed on the webpage for the library school, and that's cool. That includes Camilla Jackson, Pat Tony, and Frances Marin. Camilla's not here today. She lives in Southern California. 
A question that I have contemplated throughout my career, actually more of a curiosity, is who or what influenced you to want to become a librarian? Librarians write about just about everything, and to my surprise, I've come across a few articles on this topic. To better understand why students of color choose library and information science and select librarianship as a profession, Kim, Sin, and others conducted two national studies to, beginning in 2006 to investigate factors related to recruitment in academic librarianship and subject specialization. The top five factors that attracted students to choose librarianship include, one, the desire to work in an intellectually rich environment, two, the nature of library work, three, the desire to work in an, ac in an academic environment, four, the previous experience working in a library, and five, the quality of work life. The authors also acknowledge the importance of role models in the decision to become librarians. A question they raised is, who are the role models that can motivate individuals to pursue studies in library and information science? A study by Isabel Espinal in 2003 reported that for every 9,177 Latinos, there is one Latino librarian, as compared to one non-Latino librarian for every 1,830 white non-Latinos. Certainly for Latinos, librarian role models are few and far between. From the Kim and Sin studies, the most influential role models were academic librarians selected as a motivating factor by 39.2% of the respondents and public librarians selected by 21.5%. According to a 2004 study by the Association for Library and Information Science Education, in the United States, minority populations are projected to reach 47% of, of the nation's population by 2050. In contrast, schools of library and information science report that only 11.2% of their students are from minority populations. If this is true, where are the role models to come from? Recruiting and retaining library school students from underrepresented groups has been a challenge for the profession for decades. ALA Spectrum Scholar Program, the Emerging Leaders Program, the Knowledge River Program, and recent initiatives sponsored by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and the Laura Bush 21st Century Librarian Program have successfully enhanced diversity in librarianship in our library schools. The Institute of Museum and Library Services is the primary source of federal support for the nation's 122,000 libraries and 17,500 museums. The Institute's mission is to create strong libraries and museums that connect people to information and ideas. Since the Laura Bush 21st Century Librarian Program began in 2002, IMLS has awarded more than $100 million to recruit and train the next generation of librarians. By June of 2008, IMLS helped fund the education of 3,220 master's degree students, 186 doctoral students, 1,256 pre-professional students, and 26,186 continuing education students. Initiatives to recruit students of color to the profession at San Jose State date back over a decade. I have a printout here from an article from American Libraries in 1999 when we had a reception. SJSU and local librarians and faculty from the School of Library and Information Science have been partnering with professional organizations by sponsoring recruitment fairs, 
ice cream socials, and other gatherings at San Jose State and the broader communities to recruit individuals to attend library school. At San Jose State, recruitments or receptions to recruit potential students have been scheduled to coincide with special events like welcome programs for Spectrum and Fulbright Scholars, etc. Often, members of CALA, Reforma, the National Association to promote library and information services to Latinos and the Spanish-speaking and the Black Caucus of ALA participated in the programs by addressing the activities and services provided by these professional organizations. In 2007, San Jose State University applied for and was awarded a $943,000 federal grant from IMLS to launch a three-year program to recruit ethnically, culturally, and linguistically diverse individuals into the library profession. Institutional matching support brings the cost of this program to $1.4 million. The Librarians for Tomorrow program was one of 43 major grants awarded in 2007. The Multi-Year Librarians for Tomorrow project provides 15 individuals with full scholarships and stipends to defray living expenses. Partners include San Jose State University Library, San Jose Public Library, the School of Library and Information Science and National Hispanic University. Student scholarships cover tuition costs, student fees, and course materials. In addition, each student receives a laptop computer and a printer. A $1,000 monthly stipend is provided to the students enrolled in at least eight units each semester or six units in summer school. The average amount of support per student during the two years of the MLIS program is approximately $40,000. In the first year of the grant, a lot of time was, was spent on promotion and publicity. We went to career fairs, we went to um, all kinds of outrageous activities. We had publications that we um, sent announcements to and we worked on the development of our website. In the recruitment phase, 38 complete applications were received. Telephone interviews were conducted with 24 candidates that met the requirements and had been admitted to the School of Library and Information Science for the beginning of the fall 2008 term. Fifteen outstanding students were selected to participate in the grant and they began coursework in the fall of 2008. Two students withdrew from the program early in the beginning of the first semester. This actually worked to our advantage because there had been a significant increase in tuition and fees between the time we wrote the grant application and the time that the students started taking classes. The students that were selected to participate in the grant are a highly talented group. Many have already completed advanced degrees and demonstrated a commitment of service to their communities. One element of student support involves participation in a social cohort to reduce isolation and cultivate peer support. Students attend core courses together as much as possible. Throughout the program, they participate in social networking and professional development activities including attendance at local conferences and leadership seminars. Librarians for Tomorrow has utilized Blackboard and Angel to promote communication among the students. Maybe we should be using MySpace and Facebook, I don't know. Each student is assigned a mentor. Mentors were matched to the students based on professional interests, career objectives, and geographic location. Most of the students reside in the San Francisco Bay Area and a few live in Southern California. The mentors are a highly accomplished group. Many of them serve as key leaders in the profession. 
Several of the mentors are library directors, city and county librarians, department heads and officers in professional organizations. Students attend professional association conferences where they're encouraged to meet with their mentors to coach them on professional development to offer, and to offer networking opportunities. Leadership skills are cultivated through leadership development seminars that focus on critical issues. Students, mentors, and members of the advisory committee met for two days in August of 2008 for orientation and leadership development seminars. To date, three leadership development seminars have been offered. This includes two workshops by Pat Turin, former director of the Knowledge River Program. Pat's presentations were on mentor-mentee partnerships and strategies for success in librarianship. Another presentation that we had was by Patty Wong, the Yolo County librarian, who delivered a presentation on getting involved, participation in professional organizations, and opportunities for leadership. Patty made her presentation when CLA was meeting in San Jose last November. Regarding mentor-mentee partnerships, consultant Pat Turin commented that mentoring is establishing a legacy for the mentor. It is leaving something behind and suggests sharing what was so freely given to you. Mentors may serve as a guide, a counselor, advocate, and protector, and sometimes kick you in the butt when you need it. <laughs> Being a mentor helps establish professional identity and reasserts that role. It connotes a value to others and service commitment, working to help the next generation of leaders. Being a good mentor is all about one person taking an interest in another person. In our meetings, we have discussed a variety of different topics. One example is, what constitutes success? Questions that came from the discussion about potential challenges to the students in the program included comments like, if you plan on working more than 20 hours a week and taking eight units each semester, how will you manage your time? And that's where, the, where it hits the road, I'm telling you. Students are having a tough time, those that are working full-time or part-time. Another question was, this program suggests a social cohort model. How are you going to stay connected in the virtual classroom? In another program, it was emphasized that it is important to be a part of the academic community. Do not be the invisible student. Get involved. When possible, you should attend programs and volunteer for learning and networking opportunities. For instance, you might volunteer to be an unpaid assistant and work with a faculty member. This would provide you with a great chance to learn research and other skills and from a professional, forge a relationship that might lead to future job recommendations and provide accomplishments that you can put on your resume. The consultants recommended that it is important to remember to take advantage of opportunities to participate in professional associations. You might begin by getting involved in a local chapter of ALA or CLA. This is also a great way to meet other students and to learn about the benefits of providing service through working on association projects and learning from attendance at conferences within the profession. Several of the Librarians for Tomorrow students volunteered to work at CLA when it was in San Jose, and they worked at the SLIS reception fundraiser at the San Jose Museum of Art in November. I strongly encourage students to get involved in professional organizations at the local level like becoming a member of Bibliotecas para la Gente in the Bay Area. The librarians in Bibliotecas para la Gente are passionate about serving their communities, and they're fun to be with. 
At this time, they're organizing a fundraiser at Bay Meadows, and uh, it'll be a day of horse racing and fun and friends. So if you're interested, contact somebody in Bibliotecas Parlante. The consultants recommended that it is important to learn how to work on teams. Much of the work in the field is done in this manner, and you need to know what it takes to be a productive team member. Teamwork helps develop skills in negotiation, managing timelines, and project management. The consultants also encourage students to work on improving their writing skills. There are three required courses in the Librarians for Tomorrow program. This includes library services for racially and ethnically diverse communities, and most of the students are taking that class this semester. They're also required to take seminar and contemporary issues of the digital divide, and I think some of them are looking forward to taking that this summer. And there's another class, Professional Networking and Trend Spotting. And I believe that the Professional Networking and Trend Spotting class is taught in conjunction with CLA, so that requires that the students be present. Next year, um, CLA, or this year, CLA will be taking place in Pasadena, so we need to review our budget to see if we have sufficient funds to send them all to Pasadena and uh, get them to take that class. If the students are in a track like the school librarian program or archives and preservation track, and if electives are limited, we'll make exceptions to the requirements for these courses. Students, members of the advisory committee, and mentors will be meeting again in August. Consultants invited to speak, and I don't think the students know this yet, include Teresa Bird, who is the chief information officer and director of libraries at Ohio Wesleyan University. Teresa is also the chair of the ACRL EJ Josie Spectrum Scholar Mentor Program. Teresa's presentation is titled, the 21st Century Multicultural Librarian, a Template for Success. The outline for her presentation states that her focus will be for the newly minted MLIS graduate. Navigate, navigating the work culture and environment in a digital age can be challenging. Not only must new, the new librarian be adept at public services or technical services, he or she must also be passionate and a consummate professional. The presentation will aid students in discovering what supervisors and colleagues expect from a new librarian, how to deal with hierarchy and isolation in the workplace, as well as how to survive the evaluation and tenure process. In addition, the importance of mastering skills like budgeting, customer service, emotional intelligence and balance, politics, networking, teamwork, and utilizing new technologies will be addressed. Another presenter in August will be Mario Asensio, who is the past president of Reforma. Mario is presently the library director for the Corcoran Gallery of Art. Mario will address career development and the transferability of skills from the academic to the public to the special library setting, and that's pretty much the track that his career has taken him. Other leadership skills, or other leadership development seminar consultants are scheduled to speak in the last year of the program. And that includes Laureen Roy, American Library Association past president, and Camilla Alire, who is the president-elect of ALA. We anticipate inviting them to our commencement program in 2010. Two of our graduates will be offered the opportunity to complete a year-long residency at the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Library. Other internship opportunities are also available in the library. Several, I believe four of the students are now working either at a branch of the public library or at the King Library. 
we will be offering job-seeking assistance for the students as well. This includes guidance in pr creating professional resumes and developing interview skills. Following graduation, we plan to maintain communication with the students to provide follow-up consultation regarding job search and employment experiences, coaching and support. We're working with an evaluation consultant. Evaluation components will be completed near the end of the project. In the last year or so, we've also been working on promoting the program to the broader professional community. I've given presentations at the Reforma Three Conference in El Paso and, and more recently at ACRL in Seattle. It's important to look at the challenges too because there are some significant challenges for this grant. Although much thought and planning has been devoted to support success, it's important to recognize the challenges faced by the students in the program. We have an expectation that students will complete their degree within two years. Is this realistic? This is no small task, especially for the students that are working part or full time. The demands of school, family, and work can seem overwhelming. It's okay to breathe. <laughs> Successful time management is a priority and a concern. Another concern is that most of the classes are taught online. How are we going to keep the students connected to one another in our virtual community? But we have come a long way and we are moving forward. Another consideration is that we may need to seek augmentation from IMLS for additional funds for the students that may take more than two years to complete the program. If we're to reapply for another cycle of funding, the deadlines are usually in December, so we need to start thinking about that soon. I want to thank you all for being here today, and especially the students, and I want to wish them the best of success in the program. We're almost halfway through the program, and I think they're doing great, so thank you very much.